everybody. This is episode 53 of Eat, Drink, Write, an Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. We are now in 2021. Woohoo! Um, our topic is one, another one that Jen, our patron, decided that uh, she would like to hear. And so we, we, we chose that one. It's about creating whimsical or fantastical objects in your novel. So that'll be fun. But before we get to that, how was your week? That's pretty good. So we've gotten back to work um, and back to school, which I was dreading a little bit. But uh, I had a meeting with my advisor today and it went really well because um, I told her I did not work over the break. And she said, well, that's good. <laughs> I was like, awesome. Great. Solid. Yeah, because I ended up spending more time with Courtney uh, instead of uh, getting any work done like I had intended to do. Yeah. Um, plus, I feel like I needed a break. So I got one and it was really nice. Yeah, it was a very um, good week to have all the family here. Um, yeah. Dangerous during COVID times, but we were all as safe as we could possibly be. Right. So it was. It was enjoyable. We played games. We drank a lot. I wasn't going to drink tonight because mm-hmm. I need a break from drinking, but then I hurt my back today. So <laughs> it's pain relief at the moment. Yeah. You need those painkillers. <laughs> yeah. Anything else with your week? I kind of cut you off there. No, I mean, that was about it. We, uh, we got back into, um, or I got, I got me and my girlfriend got back into town last night. So today was the first day back. Uh, and, and that's pretty much it. I'm writing two books at once right now or trying to, we'll see how long that, uh, that holds out. But, um, yeah, that's me. Neat. Yeah. I am starting to get the, the room that Courtney and Montana stayed in is my, court zoom room and slash craft room and so we spent a good part of today trying to get that put back together because I'm going to have court coming up and I've got to have this zoom computer up and running so I got it up and running because we also needed to podcast and so it was kind of just getting back to normal um I did have some fires of course as you always expect whenever you go on vacation that, that thought runs through your head where you're like is vacation really worth it? But right. it, it was, it really was. We had a great holiday, wonderful Christmas, wonderful new year, had some great food, lots of alcohol. Lots of alcohol. I need a break from alcohol, but I, I am <laughs> drinking. I uh, hurt my back putting this room back together. So I'm in a little bit of pain right now, but um, the vodka soda that I'm drinking is helping that a little bit. I'm not eating anything yet. Daddy's upstairs cooking. It's dinner oh, time. Good. So. What's he um, cooking? We're having leftover fillets from Sydney's birthday. Oh, that sounds great. And he's making green beans and I think a baked potato for Rai Rai. Wonderful. So, I'm, uh, I'm also having leftover steak, but mine is from yesterday. So mine is from yesterday. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I haven't cooked it yet. Instead, I actually had a snack for this and I had some chicken wings. Oh, nice. Um, and I already ate those because I don't want to eat those on camera. It just feels like a, like a weird thing to do. That's uh, but hard I, to do. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, but I am drinking hot chocolate. Uh, so I am skipping the alcohol. <laughs> Understandable. We had a lot of alcohol. Um, yeah. but I am drinking out of my We the People Constitution glass that Jordan and Darius gave me. Ah. It's hard to see on the, on the video, but I'll post a picture. Love this glass. I'm drinking a vodka soda. 
So a a light drink. I'm not drinking anything. Not like the vodka soda I made for you the last time we podcast, which Mm. apparently wasn't a very light drink. It was not light. It was good, but it wasn't light. (laughs) Oh, this is more soda. So um, (laughs) that's what I'm doing. But I do have jokes. Oh, of course you do. And I'm cold, so they're kind of winter jokes. Oh, good. I'm also cold. That's why I did hot chocolate. So, Okay. What falls in the winter but never gets hurt? What? Snow. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Where do snowmen put their money? Uh, in the snowbank? Snowbanks, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Got that one. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> what was the Amityville priest's New Year's resolution? I... I don't even have a guess at this one. <laughs> to exorcise more. Oh, wow. <laughs> that one was my favorite. <laughs> all right, all right. That's pretty solid. <laughs> okay, so to our topic, creating whimsical, fantastical objects in your novel. So you go ahead and start off on this one. Yeah, so again, this was suggested by Jen, uh, our patron, and it sounded really cool to me because I think I've said it before, but doing, uh, like coming up with magical systems is one of my favorite things to do when mm-hmm. uh, coming up with novels and stuff. Um, so think of things like Birdie Bot's Every Flavored Beans, The Walking Stick and Mercy Thompson, The Oops in the Fever series, all of those would be considered like magical artifacts that were, um, you know, created by the author to enrich their world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into more examples, like as we go through each of the, like as we go through how to think of them and that kind of thing. Um, but basically, they're just magical items, objects, or things that are specific to the world that you have created. Because uh, you know, I know when I read stories, like I think of, I see all these cool objects, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, like I wish I had thought of that. Like why didn't I think of that? Yeah, and sometimes it's just so obvious, and you're like, right. we should have all thought about that. I love the Harry Potter books for this reason. Uh, There's so many cool things in the Harry Potter world that we as muggles don't get to see. And she's got not just the birdie bots beans, but a lot of things in her world that are just, Oh my God. So amazing. Um, it, It just adds extra to any book. So uh, Jen is right. This is something we should talk about. This is something we all should think about. Not that I'm saying you have to have something like this in your book. Oh, I have to go out and create something. You don't have to do that. It just can enrich your world a lot if you do. Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. Like they don't have to be there. I think if anything, if it uh, feels like it should be there, then that is all the more richer for your story. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to just adding something because you think that you need to add something. See, and I bet I would love to talk to JK Rowling about it. How, how did she come up? But I bet it was a scene. I bet that train scene popped into her head and, you know, you can just imagine the little trolley card and she thought about her world and what would be different in the magical world than what we have in our world. And she just twisted the normal things to these really cool things where we're, I mean, and now we, we can buy birdie bots beans in our world. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're gross, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So them. how can we, so, okay, listen, if, if you have like a percent chance to get one that tastes like vomit, I think yeah. they're all gross. I've eaten all that one. I've eaten a vomit by yeah. accident. It was awful. Yeah. I'll just, uh, I'll skip on 
party bots every flavor beans. <laughs> but yeah, so how do we go about creating these objects for our stories? How do you come up with these ideas? Where do they come from? What kind of things do I need to consider as I'm creating them? You know, because as much as it's fun to have them in your story, they also have to make sense. Um, and you want them to be cool. So like you want to make sure that they're like really neat and they fit into your magic system and that kind of thing. Yeah, they've got um, to fit in because if you just energize, you don't want it again, you want to keep your reader in the book and you want this thing to be, oh, this is so cool within the confines of the world of that book. You don't want them to stop reading and go, what? That, I mean, that's cool, but it doesn't make any sense. Why did she do that? So right. yeah, along your topic of making it fit to your world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They should fit not only just to your world too, but to your magical systems, which I know I said, but I think that's really important. It has to follow the rules of this system. You know, um, I know I was just going to say, I know we did an episode on magical systems a while back and it might be time to dust it off and maybe go into greater detail on it. Yeah. When we got this topic, that was the first thing I thought was, Oh, what did we say in our magical systems? There's so much more to say in creating magical systems, mm -hmm. but that is definitely a good place to start. The, the way I go about creating these kind of things, and I don't know that I've ever done it on purpose. It's just kind of happened, but brainstorming. Oh, wouldn't it be cool mm -hmm. if that's right. where it starts, you know, as you're envisioning the scene, wouldn't it be cool if this and this happened? And then it does. And that that's where a lot of my um, ideas for these types of objects come from. Right. Yeah. So like, as you're trying to think of these things, like, uh, consider, consider a few different things. What's the purpose of the object? Um, you know, is it used for entertainment? Is it used for battle? Is it used for just household chores? You know, that kind of thing. That one is <laughs> awesome. Who wouldn't want an artifact that would do your chores for you? I mean, and Harry Potter was kind of that way too. Or think about Mary Poppins bag. Oh yeah. 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 And, or the time turner from Harry Potter. I, I could use three of myself, but if I had a time turner, I could just use the time turner and go back and get all the crap done that I need to get done. I think I'd rather have three of myself in that case. I'm like, you know, I could do less and then my copy me could do, you know, a third and then my other copy me could do a third instead of me doing three out of three. Mm -hmm. In my personal opinion. That would be <laughs> exhausting. If I remember correctly, Hermione got worn out trying to do that. I believe she did. It's been a while since I read those books and they didn't touch on it too much in the movies. I know yeah. they did a little bit, but not, yeah. not, not too like much. the books. Yeah. But like, think about weapons. So speaking of Harry Potter, they use their wands as their weapons, but they also use it for household chores or they use it for any other type of magic that they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then swords, uh, Kate Daniels has her sword, which was made from the bone of a family member. I believe like the rib of a family member. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure and that thing ate undead flesh. And if she didn't kill undead for a while, she had to feed it. Um, oh, yeah. So that's just like a really, really interesting magical object in that world. Mm -hmm. uh, and that world is super cool. Um, it is. And, and the way that she did it, you know, fits uh, exactly into her magic system. Um, the bones came from her mother, which gave it more power. And it uh, ate undead, which made sense because of what Kate is, which I won't go too much into that. Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, so I I love the Kate Daniels series. I think they did really well with magical items um, and their magical system. Uh, so check that out if you have not. Yeah, uh, but remember, then like think about things like guns. I was gonna say in the Kate Daniels book, you remember that box 
I can't remember which one that was in, and it's been a while since I've read them, but there was some artifact that she got that was causing trouble. But yeah, you can make I don't remember. any anything in your book can become a Birdie Bot's Beans. It just, right. you know, and it all comes down to your fan base too. Some things are just going to hit right. Like Harry Potter, I don't know how many times she got rejected before that book was published. It just, and it hit all of us. The fans ate that up. That's what made those, the Birdie Bot's Beans become something. It, it wasn't that right. she necessarily did it. It was the way it was received by the audience. So keep that in mind too. Right. Just write what you write. And these things can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, any um, average, normal, everyday object, uh, I think, could be twisted if it fits with your magic system. Yeah. So, like, you know, think about, for example, Kate's sword or swords in general. Like, what about an unbreakable sword? Um, so just, like, look at these objects around you. How can you spin magic into it? And how can you fit that? Or how can that fit? into uh, your magical system. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, along the same lines, armor, uh, clothes, accessories, all that kind of stuff. For example, the, the mithril uh, tunic worn by Frodo mm -hmm. uh, that made it, in, like it was impenetrable. So like that saved his life when he was stabbed with a spear by a troll or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, so like, and that was just like a normal tunic that you would think of as like armor in any, any fantasy novel. Yeah. Um, the locket in Harry Potter that served as a horcrux. Um, oh, yeah. You know, an average locket or necklace or whatever uh, was another good one. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in the TV show Charmed, there are so many different items uh, that they cast spells on. Like the one that I was thinking of as I was researching this were the sunglasses that they enchanted to see the evil within someone. And so Phoebe puts them on and looks at Cole, who is Belthazar. And so instead of seeing his human form, she saw his demon form uh, when she put them on. And so, like, that's what I was thinking of. I um, didn't remember that as one. I was writing this. It's time to watch those again. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I mean, it's really good. It's a good show. And they do it with so many. It, and that's along the lines of Dungeons and Dragons again. I mean, you've got magic artifacts which a lot of i have a lot of dnd books that you use to play the game but pull those suckers out because those are good for helping you write your books as well i like to go through and read the enchanted items that they have and that might give you an idea for what might work in your world um magic rings right. um you know what if you had see i love these what if things what if you have a world where there are <laughs> enchanted items and there's magic rings, but you can't tell when you find the ring, what kind, what is it going to do? It could be an invisibility ring, which would be really cool, but it could also be a ring that would give you a curse. Would you risk putting right. it on? I mean, that's cool. What if it was an yeah. accident? What if you found a, a beautiful necklace in a um, thrift shop? And it just struck your fancy and you put it on and it was cursed. I mean, I don't know. Right, right. Cool, cool ideas. That's the what if stuff that can lead you down to making more of these things. Yeah, I love that. And I, I use that kind of thing for my, like I use my writer's journal for that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to write down like all this list of stuff that it, what if, what if, what if. And some of them could be absolutely stupid and that's totally fine. But I'm going to write it down. And the, yeah, the writer's <laughs> right. journal. We talked about that. Yeah. 
Um, oh, also think about like who uses these uh, magical objects. Um, you know, is it only people with magic themselves? Do they have to have like an inner magic in order to use it? Uh, can anyone in the world use them? Because um, I imagine if magic got into Muggles' hands and Harry Potter, like it would still be a magical item that would work, but they don't necessarily want them to be. Um, and I, and could hands. they make it work? What? Right. Ooh, what if? <laughs> another what if? What it's if my it, mom's favorite game? <laughs> it, it is. I love this game. What if? you have magical items that are supposedly only for the rich or the higher class or the upper elite or whatever caste system you have in your society. And what if someone outside of that caste got hold of one, like you were saying, the muggles, what if it did work for them? What if right. it wasn't supposed to, and now all of a sudden you've got someone in a total cast, different caste system using this magic. I mean, it could be disastrous. It could be, um, a, a revelation to that cat. It could be anything. What if it, worked? I mean, that could like change. Yeah. Right. That could change the way that people think about magic within your story. Um, yeah, so that's another thing to consider, like as you're making these magical objects, is, like, yeah. how does it impact your story and the people within them? Yeah. Interesting. I yeah. like that game. Well, <laughs> I what else you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, think about the potential drawbacks of the object. Like, does it backfire? Can it hurt the user? Yeah, that's, Beck has that problem. The, the knife, I have her knife in freaking fairies. And it is a perfect example of magic that backfires. It kind of like in Kate Daniels, it has to be fed, but it's not really feeding like that. It's just, there's a price for using it, but it wants to be used. So right. it, it works to make sure that she has to use it and then it takes something from her, uh, which is funny. I mean, not to Beck, but yeah. funny to us um, when she uses it. And then in this new book that I'm working on, Harper, it's mm -hmm. kind of that same thing. She gets this magic dumped on her and ends yeah. up attracting all this other magic. And at one yeah. point I've got this scene in my head where in despair, she's, crying out going oh my god i'm the one ring the one ring to rule them all they're all coming after me and i can control all of them or whatever it is that she's going to do i haven't figured out the magic yet but that right. popped into my head i can just see her going oh my god i'm the one ring anyway that's hilarious yeah that, i hope it will be funny oh my gosh please write that as soon as possible i'm i'm working on it um, oh, another way to like give it a drawback would be, you know, if everyone wants it, you know, that could potentially put the user in danger. That makes me think about that supernatural episode. Do you remember the episode? I don't know how far in this one was where they found the lucky rabbit's I, foot. Yeah. Yeah. I vaguely remember that one. Uh, but I don't remember really that much about it. It's been a very long time since I've watched them. Yeah. It was awesome but if you lost it your luck went dramatically the other direction to the point that's of death right, that's right i mean and it, right. it was you know so everybody wanted it because you could win the lottery everything all the luck that you needed would come true but if you didn't hold on to it and it's one of those artifacts that doesn't want to stay with the same person so it's working right. kind of not really sentient but kind of it it wants to find another person so yeah, yeah. That, if I remember correctly, I feel like Sam had it in his pocket and it like fell through a hole in his pocket yes. or something. 
yes. something stupid like that. Yeah. Yes. I, that was a good episode, but yeah, yeah. So that, that the backfire thing is a really good thing to, to think about it. If you want humor, cause those are all funny things and not necessarily yeah. humor. It's just a rock also to throw at your, your character. Absolutely. Yeah. It could be, um, in any genre. I think, mm-hmm. I think it could very well be a horror, mm-hmm. uh, artifact item or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but think about the, the counter side of that too. Like what is the benefit of this item that you've created? Why would it be worth a drawback? Um, and you were talking about the rabbits, but you know, yeah. if you can win the lottery with it. And that's, you know, some people will be like, Oh, well it's fine. And I won't lose it. So I'm going to do yes. it. Um, yeah. 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 And then uh, just another thing to keep in mind as we're talking about these positive and negatives is that every item should have a positive or a negative. Yeah. I think that's um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a specific negative. Like, you know, if I use it, it explodes or, you know, like that kind of thing, but it literally could just be, Oh, it's so powerful that everybody is after it and it could get me killed because everybody wants it. Well, like um, with Beck, I mean, that knife saves her life numerous times Mm-hmm. And, but there is a drawback to it. And she hasn't made that connection yet. Even in book two, we, we, the reader, the reader knows the, the reader knows there's something up with this. Something's going on. Yeah. Um, but she hasn't quite made that connection between when I use the knife, this is the consequence. Um, right. But it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, think about where your magical item is coming from. Like where did it, you know, was it created by people? Did it exist before mankind? Mm -hmm. Um, Did some ancient civilization make it? Is it an alien? Right. Well, exactly. But yeah. Or did an accident of magic cause it to happen? And, and I'll talk about it later, but in my Theron book, I have that happen. So yeah, think about yeah. where this magic comes from. Cause you can't just have, you have to have a reason and a, and a why for that to be there. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, make your, make your objects rare, you know, at least the big and powerful ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah. not very interesting if everybody has one. Yeah. 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 Cause if you, you know, if they're plentiful, then they're not, you know, all that interesting anymore, mm-hmm. are they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, all of them could be rare, which would make them coveted and revered. But if magical items are like a dime a dozen, like in Harry Potter, where, you know, you do have magical objects all over the place, Mm -hmm. uh, then sprinkle in a few that are more rare and highly sought after. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, think about the Horcruxes. Uh, You know, there were seven of them and, you know, they were eight. I think he was the eighth, wasn't he? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there, there were a limited few. And so like, then they wanted to find them so they could destroy them. Um, but there were only, only this set number. It's not like he split his soul into a hundred pieces. Right. Right. Good point. Oh, look at mythology. Just like the mythology of our world in general, uh, ancient Greeks, Romans, Mexican myths, uh, you know, anything, you know, pretty much every other culture in the world has myths and legends that discuss magical objects. Um, that's true. There are so many that you can find just by reading a a story that has been passed down generations about, you know, there was this tree or there was this whatever, you know, this item was made from this tree, which was a sacred tree and blah, 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 blah. Oh, I've got Um, that in uh, my Chitara story. Oh, I don't remember that story. I had forgotten that. Over 10 years ago. I had forgotten that. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I think that's a really good way to think of these uh, magical objects that you might include in your stories, especially if it's urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot of the, 
myths and legends that we use in urban fantasy to hold objects that are magical. And then you don't even have to really think about it that much. And what I love about urban fantasy is we make them modern. These myths are somehow relevant in today's world. And I love that because right. it's, some, it's hard for some people to connect with, you know, that was a bajillion years ago, but mm -hmm. urban fantasy is generally set in our time frame, and to have this ancient artifact that now comes into play in our time makes it more interesting because we're dealing with it now. So it's not right. just something that was a billion years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we mentioned this earlier a little bit. Sorry, did you have something else? To say? No, I was looking to see whose turn it was to talk. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. I uh, think we mentioned this earlier, but think about the items that we use in everyday life. Um, so, you know, a walking stick uh, versus the walking stick in Mercy Thompson. So mm -hmm. it was, you know, it, an average walking stick is simply made of um, wood, you know, used for support for those who need it or whatever. Uh, but then you've got Mercy's walking stick, which is also a staff of wood. Uh, and it just so happens to be a fey artifact that has gained a bit, a bit of sentience and likes to follow her around. Mm -hmm. And also it can become a handy spear. So, you know, it's, you know, it's still just a walking stick. And that's how she refers to it. It's like, oh, the walking stick is here again. Um, but it is a lot more than that. It's very cool too. And think along the lines of Lord of the Rings too, when Gandalf the White uses his walking stick to get right. Sauron out of... Uh, whatever the king of Rohan was. Can't remember. Yeah. His name. But yeah. And then this is what I was going to tell you about in my Theron book, the earth asunder, mm -hmm. there is a walking stick and the way it was created was Theron has issues with his magic and he can't hit the normal magic does not work right for him. And when he was trying to learn yeah. this spell, this, piece of magic splits off and hits a walking stick and it comes to life literally comes to life it's got little stick legs and little stick arms and it talks talks too much he is hilarious he is comic relief in that in that book but that you know i've read that book and i don't remember that either i don't remember your books anymore i guess <laughs> yeah maybe time to reread them again um but yeah that that happened by an accident of of uh, magic and it was a, just a normal walking stick that was leaning up against the wall that his magic hit when he was attempting to do proper magic. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an everyday thing per se. It could be pets like in Harry Potter. What were those little pets that the brothers were selling the magical? I don't even remember um, Tribbles yeah. in Star Trek, the trouble with Tribbles oh, yeah. in Star yeah. Trek. Um, uh -huh. creatures that are cool. In my Kata book, when she goes to the other world, there's little lizards that are adorable. And so I wish I could have one in this world. It, you know, and that's kind of what I think Jen was looking for is what items, not necessarily an item, but what things in this other world do you just really wish that you could have? And so that's something right. to think about too. Um, and think of the things we do, not just items we use, but things we do that we take for granted. Um, like you had said, doing chores, um, doing homework, uh, right, yeah. clocks, phones, anything. Think of things that we use in the normal course of our, our day and how that might be different in a magical world. Which Kate Daniels right. stories 
are great because they fluctuate between um, tech world and magic world. There's waves of, of tech and magic that flow through that world. And so they, that society had to come up with ways to do things in both worlds. How do you tell time? Right. Well, they've got the, in both worlds and cars in both. Yeah. They've got the, the car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the car was run on like magic water. Yeah. Which is so cool. (laughs) I mean, you know, they had to have a mode of transportation, but like you said, there Mm -hmm. were some downsides to that too. So some people would choose to ride horses because having that magical car is too much trouble. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Add wish fulfillment to your magical objects. Uh, So make your reader wish that they had this magical item that you created. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier um, is getting, getting your reader to like it. And that's what makes it so uh, Mm -hmm. enchanting and so magical in the first place. Um, So give it to the main character and make it part of their identity. So like think of Katniss and her bow people, you know, in the real world wish that they would take up archery. And a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Um, go and pick up archery because they were like, oh, Katniss has this bow. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you like a main character, then you'll like the items that they carry. Uh, I think that just goes hand in hand. So if you've got a good, good character, good character development, that kind of thing, and they have this um, item that you've created, then everybody that reads it is probably going to be like, that's really cool. I wish mm-hmm. I could have that. Mm-hmm. Um, And along the same lines, personalize those items to your characters. So what about your characters would make an item special? Um, Why is it special to that character? Uh, Does it look different because they have it? Um, And that that kind of thing, like doing that will create a connection with your reader and automatically make them be like, I want one too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know I do that at least. (laughs) I I do too, for sure. Um, you yeah. know, that, I think that's what makes this so effective when your reader wants one thing. Who doesn't want a baby dragon? You know, pets, mm-hmm. food. Oh, now food. That's another one. We should actually should do an episode on food in urban fantasy. I like, like in the Cata the book, th- this works more for fantasy than urban fantasy because a lot of times urban fantasy is just here, but not necessarily. Right. There could still be something here in this world that we create in our stories, but Kata, when she goes to that other world, I do make a point of describing the food. That's one of the things I love about reading. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. I remember the Dragonlance series when Tika made her roasted potatoes and you can just envision the smell of them. And if it's something that we don't have here and you can make your reader crave it, that's Mm -hmm. very cool as well. So I, I remember Kata had a blue drink that she tried at some party that she had and it affected her. It was very funny. Um, I guess I use humor a lot in my stories. The good thing, and and this is an interesting point too, having us as the reader from this world and Kata being just like us going to this other world, we're experiencing that other world through her eyes. And that also makes a connection with these objects Um, you know, Harry Potter did the same thing, seeing the wonder of the, the magical world through Harry Potter's eyes. Cause we could all relate to Harry Potter. He, we, you know, was born in the muggle world like us and to be thrown into moving staircases and talking hats and all of these things. It just, we saw it, the wonder through the wonder that he experienced. So you can also make your 
items that you want to be special special by having your character experience them and find them that way. And last yeah, week, was definitely. it last week that we talked about how to like your, how to make people like your main character. And when other characters in the book like your character, you're inclined to like them too. It's the same with items. I believe so. So if other yeah. people think it's really cool, then we're likely to think, oh, that's really cool too. So that's right. also yeah. another way to get this across. That, that was, you know, think about how your characters see them and how you want to get that wonder across to your reader. That is an excellent way to do that. Absolutely. I didn't think about uh, the point that you made last week where it's if, if other characters like your main character, then you will also like the main character. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good point for this because, yeah, if everyone else is like, oh my gosh, you have that you know, and the characters in the book are doing that, then you're going to be like, oh, oh, that sounds really cool. Like, mm -hmm. I, that's neat. All mm -hmm. right. Um, so yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, think about the, the symbolism of the, the magical items that you create. What could this item mean for your story in terms of themes, plots, and character arcs? And like, what objects would fit along in that theme um, would give you a starting point to think of, oh, well, birds are a big thing in my book and it's because they represent freedom. I could have a magical bird. Yeah. Why is it magical? What does it do? What does it represent? You know, that kind of thing. That's a great um, idea. I, yeah. hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. That that's a really good idea, especially if you're working on symbolism and that's a, a high point that you're trying to get across for sure. Picking an item and yeah. making it special is a great way to work that in. Yeah. There, there are all kinds yeah. of cool things that you can put into novels um, there really is no limit and, and you know, just it, it, a lot of it comes naturally. And I, you know, I think Jen was, was like, how do I do that? Well, I think it's going to happen automatically. You're going to find your characters in a position where like that walking stick and earth ascender just happened. And it turned out to be the funniest thing. And it just, it just happened. It was just, I, I didn't yeah. mean for that to happen. I didn't plan for that to happen, but you can plan for these things and write them in. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's all I've got. I got excited there for a minute. <laughs> no, that's fair. Although to point out one of my own examples, which actually I think is relevant to my interview question. So um, did you have anything else? No, that's all I have. Because I'll ask the interview question and talk about it then. Okay. Okay. Then my interview question is, what's your favorite magical item you've created and why? Hmm, probably the two I've talked about, the knife and the, and the walking stick, which I hadn't even remembered the walking stick until we started doing this episode. But the knife I'm still in love with because I haven't fully determined what is going to happen with it yet. So Beck's knife yeah. is, it's still full of mystery for me and the reader right now. So... I think that's my favorite one right now. I, I kind of, I mean, it's pretty good because I have read your book. Um, and I also helped come up with that concept back when yes. we were using it for a different book. So, yes. um, I also, I also like your knife. Mm -hmm. Um, mine is a compass, which you haven't read about yet, uh, in my books. Um, it's in Aiden. So it's one that I'm working at, working on right now. And it actually was one, that, I mean, I came up with it um, kind of on accident, but really on purpose because I needed something uh, to help with this plot that I have going on in Aiden. And what this compass does is it's um, 
I'm trying to figure out how to explain it without explaining my magic system too deeply. Uh, but essentially, it's like the compass in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, where it points towards the thing yeah. that you want the most. Yeah. Um, and so I needed something uh, plot-wise to send this character in this direction. Uh, and so I was like, oh, well, I'll use a compass because that fits with my magical system. Um, and it fits with my world and it fits with where uh, she is in this story because it's in an antique shop. Um, so Perfect. Uh, that's... That's probably one of my favorite things, mostly because of the shenanigans that it gets people into. Um, <laughs> I love shenanigans. <laughs> I know. It's a federal agent who gets his hands on it, and he's trying to hunt down this person. Um, and so he's like, oh, I'll get this compass that'll like lead me right to them, and it doesn't lead him to the person he's hunting. So I um, love it'll, it. be, it'll be pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so I think the compass is mine. Um, that's cool I can't wait to read about that I haven't read that one yet well I read your very very first version which was long 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 time ago I wrote that in my teens and it reads like I wrote it in my teens (laughs) so well it reads like I wrote it when I was first learning how to write I'll put it that way I thought it was because I didn't know much to begin with (laughs) but (laughs) your your writing has definitely gotten better and better and better Oh, and then one last thing. Um, after this interview question, I know we mentioned last week that we were going to start a sentence challenge. Oh, yeah. So if you guys are interested in doing the sentence thing, um, I'll recap what it is. So basically, I came up with this on my own to improve my own writing skills. Um, and I would get my friends or my family to give me just a random sentence, anything that they wanted to give me. And I would use that sentence somewhere in one page. Um, so I wrote one page. Sometimes I did it single space. Sometimes I did it double space. It depended on how much I wanted to write that day. Um, so you can do that and, uh, I'll start to give sentences every week. If you guys are interested, uh, go ahead and write a page using that sentence anywhere on the page. Um, and then if you're interested in having us read it out loud or you just want to share or talk about it, then you can send it to our email, um, at eat.drink.write.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and this week's sentence is the spot where it should have been, uh, was empty. I love so it. The spot where it should have been was empty. Nice. Yeah. And so use that sentence anywhere in there, um, anywhere in your page and, you know, focus on whatever you want to focus on in that writing. It can be anything. And I would love to read them. So. Me too. I'm excited. I, I hope, I hope y'all do this. I hope y'all send them to us to share. That would be very cool. So I think that's all we've got this week. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jen, our our patron, for coming up with this topic for us to talk about. Uh, Come visit our website at eatdrinkwritepodcast.com. Email us at eat.drink.write.podcast at gmail.com. Come visit us on social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. That may be it. But come, come let us know what you want us to talk about. We look forward to hearing from you. I think um, we've gotten some topic ideas through Instagram. Jen emailed us this last, the last couple that we've done. So any way that you want to contact us is great. And we will see you next time. Yeah, thanks, guys.